0: What's up guys, 2020 is finally over and what better way to kick off the new year by another Ekstremsportveco podcast. In this episode we are talking to Ula BMX, a former BMX athlete now turned professional YouTuber. He has over 1.8 million subscribers on his BMX videos and is close to 400 million views worldwide. In this episode Ula talks to us about how he got started with BMX how he got into YouTube, and also what his plans are to reach his goal, which is 1 billion views. Enjoy. All right, Ola BMX. What's up, dude? Chilling all day. Uh, the weather is horrible, so there's no motocross
1: conditions to ride on. Uh, or BMX, yeah. anything. So I'm just chilling inside right now. Been doing some workouts <laughs> and uh, planning some new YouTube videos.
0: Nice. And you mm-hmm. were supposed to be in Spain right now, weren't you?
1: Uh, now we um, went there for last winter just to stay there and then the virus came and messed up the world and we left home and just, nah, I we're home.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I remember you were supposed to go to Spain for a while and then the next time I talked to you, you got back in, back in Norway and were pretty happy about that.
1: Yeah, I was. I was there a couple months ago, though, because we left my old Subaru down there. Yeah. And I tried to um, revive it and take it home, but I couldn't get started on it, so I just sold it and yeah. took a flight home.
0: So there, were, there was no chance of reviving it? No. Nah, I was... tried. I tried for multiple days. Yeah. That was a legendary car, though. That has been yeah. through a lot with you guys. How long? with like bikes on the roof and on the in the back and in the front, like everywhere. It was pretty scratched up. In the end, I think around around <laughs> all the entrances of the car, it was like totally messed up. But uh, every How'd time, you know? because I saw it at Veco uh, two years ago, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, that's uh, that's an active guy's car.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We even had ramps on the on the on the car.
0: Yeah. No, that's um that was a, so what kind of car do you have now?
1: Uh right now I have a van. A Toyota high. Totally in love with it.
0: Yeah. Are you gonna make it a camper van?
1: It it is a camper van. Well I have a bed in there and it's insulated. Yeah. Uh, but right now I don't have a garage so my mode by motocross is inside there all the time.
0: Yeah. Nice. A living little space for me. Mm. I see. Well, so welcome to Extremsport VECO podcast. You're the third guest we have on, and it's an honor to have you here. Um, Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Cool. So you have been um, a familiar face at uh, Extremsport VECO multiple times. You competed in the BMX Mm -hmm. competitions. A couple times, yeah. Yeah. And uh, how did it go those times you competed?
1: I think I've won every single time I've been there. To be honest, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been some time time now though since so last time. Since I competed twenty for thirteen, I believe.
2: Yeah.
1: Or fourteen, yeah. It's been some time.
0: Yeah. And um, you had quite the career uh, since you started. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get into uh, Ula BMX of twenty twenty, I want to take it back to. Will it BMX when you were a kid starting out riding bikes? How did you get into BMX?
1: Yeah. Uh, I had no idea what BMX was. i would never ever seen it in my life. Then this day, uh, my friends just rolled up to our driveway with like small modified like children's bike. It wasn't even a BMX bike. It was just modified BMX bike. We um, they rolled around and did tricks, and I just got hooked on it. It just looks so fun, and ever since that day, I've been hooked on it.
0: Cool. And mm. um, wh- how old were you when you started riding bikes? I mean, not mm. when you learn how to ride, but when you figure out that okay, this is something I want to spend a lot of time on. Twelve. Twelve. And how mm. old are you now? Uh, Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Okay, mm-hmm. so for those who don't know you here at the podcast. They should do their mm-hmm. research because you are probably between you and the Ilvis brothers, the guys who have like most views on a Norwegian YouTube account, like <laughs> ever. And how have they done? Dom? I haven't even seen them. They are pretty close to a billion views right now with the Fox. Really? Yeah, I just checked. Te- I just checked wow. it like a week ago or something, just for fun. I just yeah. I don't know how I got into it, but. I looked at it and I was like, "Oh my god, they're they're hitting a billy pretty soon, mm. and that's that's fucking is awesome." It, is it with the fuck? The fox yeah, song? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so for fun, I just went in and checked your account for like five minutes ago, and this mm. is an insane amount of views. This is yeah. for a guy from Norway who started riding bikes when he was twelve, and now he's twenty something and it is 386,615,483 views that is mm-hmm. totally bonkers yep <laughs> I agree how do you feel when I say that number now
1: it's thick I mean I have um, before I quit I really want to hit a billion
0: yeah well mm-hmm. you you're getting pl- pretty close well still not halfway So, there's still some time. Yeah, cool. Um, Who knows? So, how did this YouTube thing get started? Was there one... It started off... Yeah, go ahead. (laughs)
1: um, It started off as an extension of my pro BMX career. Because, like, I figured I had so much extra time when I was um, just riding bikes. Because your body can only take, like, so much training, exercising when you're riding. I felt like I had so much free time and I really, really wanted to put in the work to make like some sort of business out of the things I was doing. And YouTube seemed like the perfect thing. Like you have complete freedom of whatever you're doing. You can just, you can go whatever, you can film whatever, you can ride whatever and you can do whatever you want. You have total freedom of whatever you want to do. So YouTube looks like the perfect thing to do. Mm. and. Um, Starting off on YouTube is like the that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Cuz like they say like their first 1000 subs is the hardest. Cuz like it's hard to gain any traction when you don't have any followers.
0: Yeah, when, the, when people, people don't people know who you it. are, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to get attention and, um, in the beginning. But how how does it feel now that you have quite a lot of traction?
1: Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, my channel still sticks out a lot from a lot of other people's channels, just like people wouldn't care about what the stuff I do personally. People will only watch like the um if I do something crazy, you know what I mean yeah, so i only I don't post videos that often anymore. I used to do like every other day and even every vlog every day,
3: yeah
1: didn't really take off and um um. Uh, and then I figure out like my own way of making videos. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because I remember that you told me. Um, I think it's like uh, maybe one and a half year ago when we talked at the Deco. Mm-hmm. I asked you like, but how w- how do you do this? Because I'm I'm really interested in myself, right? As probably mm-hmm. everybody who's online uh, is like hoping to get a bigger and bigger audience all the time, right? Mm. So I asked you like, mm. okay, so how are you doing this? How are you how are you getting all of these views like daily? You're like, well, I'm posting less. And I'm like, well, that's yeah. strange. And you're like, yeah, yeah, for some for some reason <laughs> for some reason it works. Uh but so you have you have started making like um more and more concept videos I see from your account. Yeah. So you have like yeah. one video, one concept and just do that fall out yeah and was that a Um, was that a thing that you noticed like uh after a while that you were looking at what hit and what didn't hit and then you try to try to work on what was uh, getting response
1: exactly um i just keep doing all the, the stuff that didn't work and just jump straight to um what was working and it's kind of ironic because the I was really struggling with like making the good content that people actually wanted to watch, and the stuff that I even wanted to make, and the answer was always in front of me. I could just see the numbers of the views on the videos, and I still kept on making those vlogs for like a good like one and a half year, two years, approximately before I found out like okay, this is the way to do it. And when I actually found out, like everything just turned. I could. Slow, slow off the gas and still do like five times as good as I used to.
2: Yeah. That's mm. amazing. That is... It's just fi-
1: figuring out like your way of doing it. Like, I believe every single success story out there is, has a unique story behind it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Everything so, sticks out. Yeah, of course. So, I want to go a little bit mm. more, a little bit uh, back in time. So you started mm-hmm. riding bikes when you were 12 and then you mm-hmm. briefly touched on you having a pro BMX career and then you jumped straight to YouTube. So I want to go back to that pro career because yeah, because there, there's there been from when I first noticed you and your name, uh, there was a lot of talk mm-hmm. about like Ulla BMX and the YouTube channel and the crazy videos and all that stuff. But when I see mm-hmm. you ride a bike, you are insanely skilled. And that is one mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that... um. I I hope people catch when they watch your videos as well because you're not only like a a really good mechanic or a guy who just like mm. uh, who who's just an adrenaline junkie just do a hill bomb and like uh, do a hail mary right because you're actually a really skilled BMX rider so can you take us uh take us through your professional career how it started what did you do during those times and yeah.
1: Like, my whole career has just been driven by, driven by few, pure passion. Like, just the passion of riding the bike, like the feeling of learning a new trick, together with getting, like, a feeling of fulfillment when you get to do something new. And um, that has been going on, like, without any change. till uh, like, when I finished college, that's when I kind of like, okay, I want to go pro. Cause I never really had any vision about going pro. I just wanted to ride my bike and I found to push like as far as I could push my riding.
2: Yeah.
1: And, um, when I finished college, I had way more time to ride and I could like all the energy that I used to put in school. I just put straight into riding and it just took off from there. That's when I got a couple sponsors. Mm. so out, get
3: yeah
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> my first real good sponsor yeah um had it for like four years that was a really good support back then yeah um
0: yeah yeah I remember uh, I remember um the guys at uh, Bula which we were both sponsored yeah. by they were so yeah. stoked about you being sponsored by Black & Decker and that was like the main yeah. thing every time they mentioned it, they were like, yeah it's so cool it's sponsored by Black & Decker who is ever sponsored by Black and Decker? He gets like, mm-hmm. like uh, wood and nails and and uh, power tools. So I'm like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a really cool angle on how to get like sponsors because people are usually like, yeah, sponsors is like money and clothes and then whatever events mm-hmm. they want to put you on. But actually mm-hmm. giving you stuff that you can use for building ramps or building building obstacles is a genius sponsor.
1: It is. For yeah. sure, yeah. I wonder why not many more people are are sponsored by that kind of companies i
0: just don't i I just don't think they see it as an opportunity. I don't think they just like, think of it. I think there's like that's only tools that they buy at like the Home Depot or whatever, and they don't yeah, think yeah. of it because usually people want to have the like the fancy sponsors mm. but, but um maybe there's not always the fancy stuff that uh, that you need right. Sometimes you just need to like yeah. eat healthy and do push-ups. You don't need to <laughs> have like the right training clothes. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a way to put it. But during your uh, pro career, um, did you what did you focus on? Did you focus on like doing shows or competing or what was like the the just content? Learning new
1: tricks, learning new tricks, and uh, and um, practicing contest runs. I used to do a lot. Like you you drop in and you do tricks for one minute, which is ex- doesn't sound like crazy but it's extremely insulting. when you just like hammer out tricks after tricks after tricks.
3: Mm.
1: It's basically been that a lot of people like focus on working out in the gym and stuff like that. I've never ever done that. Never ever. Like I've always had that saying, like, if you want to get good on a bike, you have to ride. You can't do anything else than riding. Yeah. Which I still believe is true to some degree. I see a lot of like the good, the the best pros out there is working out in the gym, but I just don't see how that can help it that much.
0: Well, there's um, I think there's a basic level of fitness you have to have to do like uh, sports. But you that... still
1: get it when you're riding, when you've been riding for ten plus years, you get that to see.
0: Yeah, but I also think that for me, uh, I'm like I'm hitting. F- 34, which is insane. And uh, I've been working as a professional breakdancer for like 20 years. And mm. now I really feel that it's – it's. I think it's a motivation thing too because when you diversify your training, because sometimes you can get so tired of doing your sport, so I think it's really beneficial to do other kinds of sports and activity just to get like a mm. fresh breath of air into your, uh, into your career, right? But uh, I think mm. if I only did breaking that my body would like – hate me right Shut now down. yeah because it's so yeah. hard and every day you get like pounds on your shoulders and your wrists and your knees and the hair is gone like 12 years ago <laughs> so, <laughs> so i think it's i think it's good to diversify <laughs> also but uh i get what you're saying because how'd you
1: lose your hair from that
0: yeah, okay this is them. uh this is a, a fun one and uh i hate you for bringing it up <laughs> but uh <laughs> what happens is that one when I started braking, I saw braking on TV the first time, there was a guy spinning yeah. on his head, and I was 12 years old, like you when you were uh, seeing that bike, yeah, and yeah. I was like, I had no clue what it was, but I'm like, I'm going to mm-hmm. do that, and I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. And then yeah. I just had to figure out what the hell they, those guys were doing, and uh, mm. I thought, okay, spinning on my head. So I just took my uh, my beanie, but that was so painful. So we started like training yeah. with like, uh, BMX helmets because they were flat on top uh, to get yeah. to have some extra cushion and but the problem with those is that when you do combos you start breaking like spinning on the floors doing windmills and stuff and if you want to combine yeah. shit if you want to go like from a windmill to a headspin then that helm is going to yeah. build a lot so you won't have the like the natural roll up on your head so after mm-hmm. after maybe a, a year or a year and a half i stopped using helmets and only used uh, my beanie and what we did, we took like um, like lounge chairs or Painful. Like, yeah, so we took lounge chair material or like trampoline material, we cut it open, and then we suited to our beanies, and uh, ah, and then you get I like do. you get no friction, and we also use silicone spray to have like the, the yeah. least friction at all. And once that happened, my uh, my head spin just just uh, unlocked, yeah. and I was yeah. able to do like first. I was able to like kick off and do like two or three rounds and then I hit it again. And then now, like for now I can just do one tap and then I can spin like 20 rounds without any warm up or anything. So it's, it's become like a muscle memory, but I think it was just um, the thing that just like, okay, cut away all the bullshit. We don't need a helmet. I'm just going to sacrifice my hair so that my body feels all the way natural to the floor. And what happened yeah. was, I'm going to remove the headset right now. And so what happened was that my hair, that's why I use a, a cap all the time. Because up, up here, there's no hair. It looks
1: strong. It looks strong.
0: Yeah. Well, not there. So there's nothing left. <laughs> there's nothing left at all. And uh, I'm pretty happy I got a girlfriend now. Because otherwise, it would suck to be on Tinder with a bald spot on top. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, what about your girlfriend? Because you have uh, a girl who's always also riding a BMX, right? Uh,
1: now we've broken up.
0: Really? All right. Yeah, <laughs> Cut the <to> next subject.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. No, we can talk about it. it's fun. Yeah, because you guys were you guys were sort of a team, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we built these channel together. Yeah. At least at the beginning, and then I started like taking like because when I uh, when we did lo- those uh, vlogs where you like you film your when you travel and you film your life, yeah, we um it was sort of like um very natural thing to do together, yeah. But when I started doing like more unique like crazy stuff and I kept hole in the ice with a chainsaw and driving on top of it with um with the Spice tires, it's more like a thing that I will do and not her. Yeah yeah which is the direction the channel has been going lately
2: yeah
0: yeah i see that you're building a lot of like um custom bikes that you you're sort of an inventor now right just like (laughs) it's just
1: my my uh version of the corona pandemic (laughs) like i usually travel a lot and just like find like wild spots to ride on Mm. can't do it anymore so we have to do something else exciting
2: yeah
0: yeah, well, it's it's pretty fun because once when you scroll to your YouTube channel, it's like everything I, I'd ever imagine about a BMX bike is there in some shape yeah. or form. So, do you find it mm-hmm. hard to like innovate your videos and make new stuff now that you've done like almost five hundred videos with that are all different?
1: Mm sometimes it's usually like when I I um I post. For like say a month, and then the video, the video starts taking off, and then I take like a little break for say a month or two. Yeah. And then I just gain up like uh, ideas because I never I never push my ideas um in an unhealthy way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never I never force content anymore. I just do whatever that feels. Um natural yeah and cool
0: to do yeah yeah and i think that resonates there's so much poor stuff well. out there on youtube yeah yeah i agree that's uh myself included we sometimes try too hard and uh crash and burn yeah that is the that's i set out a way to do it <laughs> yeah and i feel you but i am um, in 2017 i started making vlogs i was like fuck it i'm gonna make a vlog every week so um Ooh. i made a vlog i think every week for 21 weeks and then i was like fuck it i'm not gonna do it anymore and it's probably because you're like you're saying it's so hard to to get the first thousand followers or first hundred thousand that i was like now i got 73 followers so i'm fucking i'm just gonna quit but what it taught me because once i started that project i didn't know anything about like making videos online i knew how to take pictures because I'm, um, i'm an mm-hmm. educated photographer but video was was started, filming. yeah yeah i was filming there was no pictures so i was only filming myself talking what i was doing and stuff like that so i had to learn like mm. all the all the basics and how to edit and that was like really like my kickstart into filmmaking uh, yeah just because it was a personal project and i thought it was fun and then suddenly someone mm. asked me like hey do you want to film something And i was like uh all right it's like the same mm-hmm. same but different uh than photography but That was like, um, I think that's one of the reasons we're sitting here now making a podcast also Mm. is because I've always just done stuff that I thought was cool, and it's always Mm. led to something else. So what has BMX brought to your life that you never saw coming? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Just
1: being able to do whatever you want and not having to have a job, travel the world. Mm. Like, when I was 21, I saw, I was in a little island out in the Indian Ocean seeing a volcano rupture. That was like, what, that's one of the most random things I've ever, like, which is just a byproduct of what we were doing. Yeah. It was wild.
0: Shit, and were you scared?
1: No. No, no, no. <laughs> It's far away. Like, it doesn't even, it's not dangerous but you you can actually see the the lava flowing out of the mountain,
0: oh, that's insane which is a dope thing to see
1: yeah it's, <laughs> it's exactly how we see it on the videos when it looks like it pops out in slow motion,
0: yeah it goes in slow motion, wow, that's crazy, so what's the strangest yeah? place you've been riding a bike
1: small uh small little um well, an abandoned
0: water park in China. Yeah. <laughs> so but or the volcano. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and you become quite famous for those uh, abandoned water parks. Yeah. But um, I've been traveling quite a lot, and I've never seen an abandoned water park. How do you find all those parks? Are there like a Google. secret? Is it yeah? But do you just like search on Google Maps to find them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's tons of like, it's is like a certain, that's a whole genre of internet rather right there. Urbex.
0: Yeah, urban exploring. Like urban exploring. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when you just search like, if you go, search like abandoned water park Europe, France, Spain, Sweden. Norway doesn't have any as far as I know. Um, and uh, it comes up loads of pictures of it. But people who put out pictures of it never really say where it's at, and that's when where you have to do the investigation of finding yeah. like the name of the place, and you have to scroll on the map, and then you have to pin it. Yeah. This one time we went to the um, we found a crazy one in Belgium. Me and my flew down to Paris, rented a car, went over, and then it was demolished. <laughs>
0: Fuck that sucks.
1: <laughs> okay, that sucks. so
0: you get there, it's demolished. Then what do you do?
1: We went to a restaurant, then we watched the waiter lose a couple of hot coffee on top of a customer, and then we ate some Bolognese and went to another skate park (laughs) and um, filmed the banger video, which also did a million views, which was sick.
0: Nice. (laughs) So do you remember the first video when you thought like, fuck, this is really kicking off, there's something there? Mm -hmm. What video was that?
1: That's why uh, we went to a dry dock in my home city. Uh, so a dry dock is like um, a hole and then you have like a huge gate and then the ocean is on the other side. Yeah. So then they open the gate and then uh, the water flows in and um, you can float a boat in. They lock the gate and they pump out the water. So they have like a mini ramp in the, at the bottom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It looks like a mini ramp. Um in like huge blocks of stones. And we wrote it, just made a video. That was like the first month of vlogging. And it's, I think I've done like 500,000 views now.
2: Yeah.
1: At, at the best, it did like approximately 100,000 in 24 hours, which was completely insane.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm.
1: Never seen anything like it. Mm. That's when I understood like, okay, um finding like crazy looking locations to write
0: yeah and there's something to it because you are doing you're not just riding a bike down a crazy hill you like you like put a lot of effort into it right like yeah searching like urban exploring googling actually booking Mm. tickets going there it's it takes a lot it's not like just grabbing your bike and uh, and going out right so do you have a do you have a, a favorite uh a favorite ride that you wish had like more attention because you thought it was like so fucking cool or just a like, video yeah
1: yeah tons of them tons of them it, it usually boils down to the thumbnail that you have in the video if the thumbnail doesn't look exciting you're not getting anywhere yeah. that's my psychology on doing videos so i remember we did like one <laughs> that's one that i'm never gonna forget like we did we made a BMX bike into like a wakeboard BMX bike to put like a surfboard under. Yeah. And I drowned my drone in the process of making it, so I had to buy like a new drone. It took three days and I had to buy the surfboard and all that and did all the work to attach the bike to it. Mm. And I think it only did like 20,000 views and I don't know so much because we put so much effort into it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, there's some, some gems that never, uh, see the light of day. Yeah. Um, sure. so I want to ask you that, what is your focus today? Now there's been a, a crazy year for all of us and, um, you start like doing uh, other videos and travel videos. So do you have any like, mm-hmm. um, plans for next year or like the future of your, uh, career?
1: I'm going to continue doing, like, the same stuff. And um, just, like, by doing it, you always get more wicked ideas that you can build from and maybe get to hit that one billion.
0: Yeah. So Mm. do you have a prediction today what date you'll hit that one billion?
1: If it's going to have the same growth that it has now, it's going to take, like, I don't know um, seven or eight years yeah. from now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's a lot, so I'll just see um not forcing anything, I'm just gonna continue like it's it's doing really good right now, I'm not complaining, yeah. it's doing really good it's just it's just one of those like you just wanna hit that's one of those numbers you really wanna hit like a bi- a million subscribers,
2: yeah
1: and a billion views, even though that's like really far away, it's way easier to do one million followers than one billion views yeah way
0: shit but it's uh it's a pretty hairy goal like one billion views is uh then you're what do you get from youtube if you have one billion views
1: nothing a lot of money <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't you get like some sort of plaque or something like that no nah, that's only followers oh yeah only followers yeah
1: I mean, it's just, it's a goal that I have, like, if it happens, it's totally insane. If I get, like, somewhere near, it's insane. Like, just that's going to be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm.
0: So, now we've been talking a lot about riding bicycles, but uh, what else, What do you have any other passions in life that when you're not riding a bike, what do you like spending your time on?
1: Motocross. Motocross. 100%. 100% motocross. Yeah, like, the thing the thing that happened with BMX is I, uh, when I started fully with YouTube is when my BMX career really stopped. Um, I, had, I didn't have the same passion anymore, which was like a really devastating new thing, because I could all have, like, till that day, till that, when that happened, I could always just go out and ride and it was always fun. Like, yeah. whatever what was happening, I could always go up and have fun. And with that, fun stopped being fun. It totally fucking sucks. And when you haven't been through that before, like if that happens again, I know like what steps I can do to move further in life. Yeah. And I believe that's like life forcing you to evolve and not staying the same. Like when I see like those people I used to ride with when I was pro, I just can't believe like how they still manage to do like the same fucking stuff every single fucking day. Like they learn new stuff, new tricks, but they do like the same thing. They hang out in the skate parks, they go to these contests. It's all the same all the fucking time. And I have no idea how they manage to do it without going crazy. Yeah. I believe that's like a way of life pushing you further.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: And, um Imagine how. So that 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 happened with BMX. And um Then I found I picked up a motocross bike and I tried to ride it and it was so much fun because I felt like it was BMX just in a bigger version. Like you can you can be creative and you can ride, but it was just bigger and it had an engine, so it was like (laughs) you can do so much with an engine. Yeah. Uh, And when I'm riding it right now, I feel like 16 again. It's totally insane. Very very thankful that I found it.
0: Are you ever gonna um, make any like uh, motocross content for your channel? Yeah,
1: I have done it a couple times.
0: You feel that like maybe, my... do you feel that there's a possibility that ULA BMX is gonna turn ULA M- motocross?
1: No, not at all. Um, like my goal on motocross is to have fun when I'm out riding, have fun, not crash, and not push it further. Because it's such a dangerous sport. Like, just recently this summer, I crashed really, really bad. thought I broke my back and stuff, and I sold my bike because I was like, fuck it, I can't do this anymore. It's just Mm. too dangerous. Uh, But then it was too fun, and I I missed it too much, so I bought a new bike. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But now I take it way more easy. I don't do, like, large jumps anymore. It's just too dangerous. It's just a thing that I have. I like to have fun with and not and not push. I just want to have fun with it, yeah. Right. And not like go wild on it like I did on the BMX bike. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's nice mm. to
0: have something else that you can spend a lot of time on, but it's just for fun. I have yeah, the same with. Uh, I have the same with. I'm I'm so passionate about like photography and filmmaking and also dancing. Mm. But then I have skydiving as like an extra gear in my life. And that is, that, yeah, it, it is so much fun and it's always going to be there. It doesn't matter, like, uh, what happens in my... It's always going to be fun. Yeah, it's always going to be fun because I have, well, for some reason, I always get a kind of ambition to get good at anything I do. But uh, in yeah. skydiving, I want to get better at what I do. I don't have to be best at what I do because it, sometimes... How do you get better at skydiving? Well, it's all about it's all about learning how to fly your body. And it depends on how oh, much, yeah, yeah. because I thought I was going to be really good at sk- skydiving and flying when I started, because I was, uh, I, w- I have so much control in my body. I can do a backflip standing and I can like spin on my head and do whatever. But once that mm. air hits you and you think that you can mm. force your way through the air, then you're just going to mm. crash. So I've been flying in a, in a wind tunnel at Voss. And when I try to do like a backflip there, I just go like a pinball machine ding 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 in the glass mm-hmm. and that hurts because mm-hmm. it's 200 kilometers an hour that wind going straight up to make you fly right and uh yeah. the thing is that you have to you have to be able to just like shape your body uh like a wing you, you have to pretend that mm-hmm. you're an airplane and just um create a bigger surface or a smaller surface and put angles mm-hmm. on it compared to um what you want to do in the air so it's like everybody yeah. who puts their hand outside the car window where they, when they go going 80 kilometers an hour. If you tilt your hand just a little bit, it goes up. And a little bit, it goes yeah. down pretty fucking fast. And mm. you can double that yeah. in free fall. So uh, any tiny adjustments you make is going to have a huge impact. And when you're, yeah. when you're up in the air, you have like a million kilometers an hour. No, not an hour, but around you. So whatever you do you don't feel the mistakes the same in the air as you would do in a wind yeah. tunnel because then you have like one and a half meter and then you're going to hit the glass pretty fucking hard.
1: I know, I know I've done that thing before. And
0: it's way harder than it looks. <laughs> it is so much hard. You feel like a six-year-old trying to learn how to handstand or whatever. Yeah. Because in there, you have, you have the good uh, professional flyers and they make it look so goddamn easy. And mm. then you're like you've been in there for like 12 minutes and they're like, yeah, I've been flying for like maybe 1200 hours. You're like, Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. That's a whole lifetime of flying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: so, but
0: it's, uh, but it's nice to have something that you don't have to feel that you have to get like best at this. It's, I think it's really mm-hmm. important to have something to feel that it's uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. just fun. Have you tried any- it
1: when you get older? Like I didn't, I didn't care about that when I was younger. I'd I'd like literally just roll my bike. I wasn't interested in anything else.
2: Yeah.
1: And I was okay with that, but nothing more.
0: Yeah. Now I want to have like multiple stuff. But I think it's, uh, I think it's really good to have some sort of like laser focus, laser focus in the beginning, because then you, Mm. then you have time and uh, resources to, to get to a certain level that you have to be on Mm. to get anywhere because skills get you in the door but it's creativity and the other stuff that takes you further, right? So if you want to make, if you want to become a professional at whatever you do, you have to have like the basic tools. You have to know how to, mm. how to balance a bike. You have to know how to learn, how to do a wheelie or do a backflip or whatever you need to learn to just mm. be on a certain level, right? And after that, mm. like when you guys were competing, all of you guys are pretty fucking good. It's just, uh, it's, it's more about style and creativity. And that's why it's so hard to judge things that have involve creativity, because yeah. it's a matter of opinion. It never gets justice. No, it never gets justice, and people Stop can up. can have like the coolest tricks or style things, and then you just have a bad day and a, the wrong judge, and you're like, yeah, no, I didn't like that, and <laughs> it mm. feels so it feels so hard when people say, no, nah, I didn't like your style, because yeah. It, yeah, yeah, you feel it personally. But at
1: the same time, it's fun when you watch. Um, DMX contest, because you can always see who wins, like, approximately. It's the one that has, like, the most power when you, when they're riding. It's yeah. always the same. That always wins.
0: What do you, what do you think that? Why? Yeah, why is it like that?
1: It's just because it creates a perception of who's the best. So if you go out there and you do some, like, really sick stuff, but you don't do it in, like, a really, like, cut through, how should I say it? Um. Do it in. Um, you just see who dominates the park. You know what I mean. Like yeah. the one who goes high and just like do stuff with confidence. Yeah. They
0: yeah. always win. Yeah, I guess you can tell in a lot of sports, like, by just by the way they they carry themselves when they get into the park mm-hmm. or or on or on the stage or or in the cage or whatever, right? But um, mm-hmm. I think it's really. Do you watch any MMA? Never. It is pretty fun because there's a lot I? Of, It is a lot of fun. And that's one of the things that yeah. I've been uh picking up the like la- the latest years. I started listening to Joe Rogan's yeah. podcast and then it was like a natural segue yeah. into like watching MMA. And then I got yeah. a, got a little bit into jiu started like uh play fighting uh for a hobby. And then I started yeah. watching MMA and what then you can see that people are very talkative in the beginning right everybody's like yeah I'm the best I'm gonna knock him out and once once they get in the cage um, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's easy to see who's um, who's gonna win like it was um, Mm -hmm. a guy called Izzy Israel Adesanya he's um, he's a pretty badass kickboxer and he's uh, he the last fight he fought was uh, against a guy called Paulo Costa and he's a huge guy like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Mm -hmm. black belt you, you would never want to face him in a street fight, right? And Izzy is pretty tall, almost two meters, pretty lean guy, but he's an amazing mm. kickboxer. And I think it's like the same what you said about the guys who just like ride with speed. He just came in there like perfect distance and managing and then he just like picked him mm. apart piece by piece by piece. And mm. you would think that when you look at the size difference, you're like, yeah, the the bigger guy's going to take the the leaner guy. Mm. But it is not the, it's not the... That is not how it happened. I feel
1: that like goes again in whatever you do. Like whoever goes in with the most confidence wins, and can back that confidence up.
0: Yeah. Did you ever hear any hmm. uh, any of the um, interviews with Arnold Schwarzenegger?
1: Um, uh, I, I've seen a couple of things, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a, a bunch of inspirational videos floating around the web, and I think the yeah, one of the one of the funniest stories because he was like the thing his thing was like to have a lot of confidence and when he went on stage he wanted to like um expel the energy that he was a winner and he was gonna like this was his Mm. stage all the other guys were there to glorify him so what what he actually did was in the warm-up room he used to like do some sort of like psychological warfare so he went over to the people who was like standing warming up posing getting ready to go on stage he was like hey, do you got a knee problem or something? They're like, no, why? Oh, just your thigh looks a little small and not as like uh, jacked as it used to be. And they were like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and then once it turns and walks away, yeah. they're like looking in the mirror frantically like, fuck, is it, is it actually smaller? And then once they go yeah. on stage, that's all they think about, right? So he used mm-hmm. to do stuff like yeah. that to like put people out. But one of the, yeah. one of the, one of the more funniest things uh, he did was when he was a governor in California... They were going to do a huge budget mm-hmm. cut and then um and what? a budget cut they're gonna cut like thousands of uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars from like uh, welfare yeah. cuts and stuff like that and he mm-hmm. thought for this we, need, we we're gonna need balls to do this so he sent a pair of golden uh, cow balls to his uh, partner for like yeah you need some balls to do this cut right and then his partner did not take that as a joke got so mad and I had to apologize and uh, I just I just think there's um, just uh, people who have that much confidence can do like whatever they want
1: yeah but do you think you can do whatever you want as long as you do it with confidence yeah I believe
0: do you think confidence played a a a big role in your career
1: I haven't had that much in my career I've just been working hard and um, trying to do as best as I could and um
0: yeah, not to answer your question, not really mm. but what do you what do you think that motivates you the most because you've been doing what this motivates for, me yeah to to keep on going because of course it's the um, it's in your professional career it's like you have a bunch of competitions right, and now that you have become a like a professional youtuber, it's about a lot of it's a numbers game too, right, but what yeah. is like what is the key motivation for you to to continue um writing bmx's and make cool stuff
1: just um to um uh explore the unknown yeah like i even tagged it right here explore
0: nice that's a new one right
1: yeah, it's a new one. It's it's not really new, new, but it's uh, how long is it? Two years, three years actually. Yeah. Two years. Yeah, There's some time since I done some. Think. Uh, yeah, just exploring new stuff. See how like it's crazy. Like on the internet, it's wild to see like to see what takes off and does and what doesn't.
3: Yeah. And the
1: public is never wrong. That's my the thing that I've learned, the public is never wrong. Like, if if it takes off, it takes off. It's not it's not a stupid... Like, I've heard people talk shit about, like, things that takes off on TikTok. Yeah. Like, oh, it was just a stupid video where you did something and it gained a million views and then I uh, did something way cooler and then it didn't get a million views. It's like, you're wrong and the million views, right. You just have to learn from it. Like, yeah. don't try to work against the fucking... That's like saying everyone else is wrong except me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean.
0: Like, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it is quite interesting to see what what, uh, what takes off, and sometimes it's like the, the things you never would expect. Yeah. So there's also, I think there's also a bit of not to say luck, but I'm still gonna say luck because, or maybe it's luck, or maybe co- luck. or maybe coincidence. Definitely... Coincidences are a better word. Because uh, you had to be at the right place at the right time, and um, you never knew what would have happened if you haven't been there at that time, right? Yep. Mm.
1: That's really true. Yeah,
0: it's a lot of. You have to
1: work hard, but you also have to have a little bit of luck.
0: Yeah, a little bit. And
1: recognize when you get when you get dealt a good chance to do something sick.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's totally true. So, do you have any um, do you have any advice for people who want to start out um, doing what you have done, making a professional career as an athlete or becoming a YouTuber? Or do you have any like work work ethics or thoughts that you would like to pass on to the the new generation of uh, athletes and YouTubers?
1: Do something different. Don't do what everyone has done before. And don't be afraid of failing. There's way too many people who are, are afraid of failing. Like, if you go down, like, I, I've on purpose left those videos there. Like, if you scroll down, you see, like, some awkward fucking videos Yeah. of me on at the beginning. Like, most YouTubers, you see some really, if you scroll all the way down to your first videos, you see some awkward fucking videos. Like, I'm never in my life going to watch them again because it's so fucking, like, I hate watching it. Because <laughs> it has been so much better right now, but still, it's part of the process. See, like, yeah, it's for people to see the process. Like, I mean, if I can make it, I feel like everyone can. Like, I'm not even a natural person in front of the camera. It's just something I've learned through mm. like just wanting it really, really bad. Like wanting the freedom that YouTube gives you. Mm. That's why, like, when I make videos, I like to talk as little as possible. It's not like... It. A lot of YouTubers just make vid- makes
0: videos of themselves talking.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't do that. I just do stuff.
0: Yeah. But it's also more fun. Find so. your own,
1: that, and that's my thing. Just yeah. Like, as an advice for anyone out there. If I would have kept on doing, like, talking vlogs, I would have just been stuck where I was, like, three years ago or two years ago. Yeah. Now I can like i've evolved like i've found my thing to do and that's what everyone else has to do if they want to
2: succeed yeah
0: but yeah and i also think that i think it's the same with photography or dancing or whatever you have that you do as a creative is that in the beginning in the beginning you have to like be inspired and learn from from what people have done and from history and from basic knowledge from what you do But beyond Mm -hmm. that, then you just have to like put in the work. And once you put in the work like hundreds and and thousands of times, then you can look Mm. back because you don't get to... uh, Well, at least for my opinion, I I don't think you get to decide what is your style. Your style evolves. (laughs) That's so true. So I think your style evolves around you without you knowing it. Because if you you just... um, if you look at your at your videos right now, right? If you zoom out mm-hmm. on all the videos, there's a mm-hmm. pattern forming. There's a pattern in the in the thumbnails, in the content, in the way you write your captions. And mm-hmm. that's not usually something that you can tell once you're in the process. But like if you look back every year, you can see that your like style has evolved. And I think mm. I think Style is something that everyone has, but it's. I don't think it always is uh, a conscious thing. I think sometimes it just mm. comes without you knowing it, and then you're like, "Hey, mm. look, man, I got a style. That's cool, mm-hmm. right?" So, yeah, I think sometimes people are too worried about like, "Yeah, I need to find my voice," and I mean, just yeah, just, just be yourself. Just just be yourself. Mm. I, I think I'm at a moment like that right now because. I've been thinking of starting a podcast for so long. And when I started wor- working mm. with the uh, Excellence with Deco just um, a month ago, I was like, making a podcast is one of the most important things we can do right now. Because in mm. the first meeting, they were like telling me that sometimes they find, find it hard to reach um, the masses, right? Because I think extreme sport festivals and extreme sport athletes mm. has some sort of like stamp. Yeah, they're just like crazy, reckless people that just uh, jump out of airplanes and uh, ride bikes and do whatever they want and with no regards for other people or their own life. But what I find Mm. is that it's, that's the furthest from the truth that you could ever get. Mm. Especially, I spent a lot of time with base jumpers this summer and those people are the most welcoming, normal, caring people that you would ever meet Mm. because for them it's Passionate. it's it's passion but it's also life and death at any moment in their mm. in their day to day so if yeah. you for some reason are mad you just have to put your ego down just give people a hug and like fucking no, i'm going to do something i might not make it to the end but it's mm. what we want to do and it's fun right so i think mm. the, i think actually um extreme sport is uh, one of the like the, mo- the best things you can do for your ego because you have to leave it at the door. If you have ego when you're paddling down a white water rapid, then you're going to get drowned pretty fast. So, uh, that's the
1: thing when you ask me about the confidence. Like, I've always been scared of being con- confident. Yeah. Because you have to respect the things you're doing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: And when you're, con- when you're overconfident, you don't have that. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. You. you, Yeah. Because I think Mm. overconfidence is equal to lack of respect for consequence. Yeah. Because if you're uh, if you're over eager at doing something, you're gonna you're gonna hit a wall or something pretty fast. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But back to what back to what I was saying because. I'm not, I'm not a radio host. I'm not a, 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 like a TV personality. I'm just a guy who likes talking to other creative people or athletes. And I, wanna, mm. I think it's been a lot of fun like getting into your brain, seeing uh, mm. what you think when you make stuff and what your thoughts have been like during this whole evolution of uh, becoming you. And it's, mm. uh, I think that's the most important thing that also Xtreme Svodveko can do to hit the masses because i mm. think it's the thing about and also think that's why podcasts has become this big in the world it's because it's mm. easy accessible it has it has some sort of no filter because mm. we're hearing a conversation i love it i i really love it i listen to like hours every day of podcasts and you get to know mm. people right because i think that's one of yeah. the things that social media has done the last 10 years is Mm, create, it's created some sort of filter between us, right? And especially yeah. on like uh, visual mediums like Instagram and YouTube. Then maybe not YouTube that much, but especially Instagram and TikTok where you can put on filters. No, you fuck can
1: yeah, YouTube as well. So much fake stuff going on on YouTube. Yeah. Like pranks and everything. You just see that yeah, right through
0: that's, that's a thing now, right? Fake pranks. Ugh. That is so. That is so awkward. That's that is, the cringest thing I've ever seen. That is equal to like putting fake, fake laughter on stand-up shows, in videos. In the end, that is like, yeah, yeah it's it's terrible. No, it's worse. Yeah,
1: it's worse than that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, now we almost went an hour. I really appreciate you mm-hmm. taking your time and uh, joining us for this uh, little chat. It was really nice um, getting to pick your brain. I want to ask you mm-hmm. one final question. Thank you. And this is a question that I ask all the athletes that I'm going to interview on this podcast because yeah. in all the things we do as um, both creatives and extreme sport athletes, there's always a point of no return. If that's stepping over the, ed- over the edge as a base jumper or you – saying like, okay, fuck it, I'm just going to hillbomb this insane hill and try max speed. What is going through yeah. your mind before you step over the edge?
1: Uh, it all depends. I've been, always been like a really, really careful guy when doing stuff. I haven't had a lot of injuries, just a couple of which is like, it, it will happen. Like, I've been really, really lucky. Uh, but also because I've been careful haven't had a lot of injuries. I always calculate, like, the stuff I do really, really, really careful. And it's not like I'm doing it conscious. It's I'm just, I, I'm doing a feeling on it. Like, if I'm going to do, like, a backflip with a combination, I'm just doing, like, the backflip and, like, pretending to do it, like, maybe a hundred times, like, literally a hundred times. It can take hours just to pull, like, a new trick. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm just having the feeling of it, and like just thinking about like whatever scenarios that can go wrong. Yeah. So I'm 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 really careful when I do whatever, but <laughs> yeah. I, I love the thing that I'm doing so much, and I know if I get injured, it's gonna be the end. Like maybe not the end, but I will have to take a break from it, which fucking sucks. And
2: yeah,
1: I will just take it really really slow and smooth. Mm.
0: Nice. All right, Ula, I hope to see you at next year's festival with XNAS of Deco. I think mm-hmm. there's a spot mm-hmm. for you at the top of the um, prize awards at the BMX competitions. If
1: there will be a BMX
0: competition. Hopefully. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mm-hmm. put my, uh, my effort into making it happen. I really want to see you um, back in the, in the half pipes there.
1: It would be lovely.
0: All right. Thank you for your time. It was nice talking to you. Where can people find you if they want to check out your videos and your uh, content?
1: YouTube.com slash allobmx.
0: I actually still have my tag because whenever you create your
1: account, you can still change your name, but you can't change like your URL. Yeah. So, like, a lot of people have like youtube.com and then it's like their old name. Yeah. But the channel is named something else that actually has allobmx. That's cool. And same on Instagram. Yeah. Sweet.
0: All right. I wish you all the best. Sure. See you soon. Thank you. Bye.